Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the FedHeads each week as Robert Shea and a celebrity guest host talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of FedHeads and in our long quest to find a replacement host, we have the incomparable Mary Redding, principal at Vetrix Group. That's how you told me to pronounce it, I think. I am so <laughs> glad to have such a great friend, an accomplished public servant here with us today. Welcome and thanks for doing this. Thank you so much, Robert. I didn't realize this was an, an audition. <laughs> well, we like to drop it on people at the last minute. Okay, let's go. Um, don't screw this up. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Tell us uh, about you. Give us your uh, background. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me today. I am a principal at the small um, disabled veteran-owned business called Vetrix Group, and it was founded by a former F-16 fighter pilot to really focus on bringing the principles of aviation, the, the precision, the trust, and the teamwork to all of the many issues facing the federal government. And what can you tell us? Do you know this founder well? You, you, what can you tell us about him? I do. Air Force veteran, 21 years, flying F-16s, time on the Hill, um, and time spent with the Secretary of the Air Force for Senate appropriations. And you served in government. Tell us about your career, uh, where, where you served, and what you took away from that. Sure. I have definitely a varied background prior to joining government service. I was a military spouse, originally a corporate lawyer in California, and we moved around the world twice, and I landed here in Washington, D.C., um, working for people like uh, Dave Mater and Mark Rieger and Beth Angerman, really focused on the government-wide um, finance, IT, acquisition, and human capital issues. So I led the Office of Executive Councils. I had so much fun uh, working for the CFO Council, working for the CIO Council, and really implementing the president's management agenda. That's an area we haven't really explored, I don't think, on <laughs> FedHeads, even though we've done so many episodes. The Office of Executive Councils coordinates the collaboration of the various management communities, the CIO Council, the CFO Council, the President's Management Council, the Performance Improvement Council, my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. Talk about that office and what you think the government and the citizens benefit from having a function like that. It is really the one centralized hub of the federal government. So I was a corporate lawyer for years before joining the federal government. And to me, it really seemed like the board of directors. Now, of course, in the federal government, we have the cabinet secretaries. But these are the folks who are really doing um, the work for the mission support functions. Uh, So to me, it was always walking into those council meetings, uh, very much how I would prepare for our board of directors meetings. We had our head of HR. We had our head of IT. We had our, well, our head of golf. I was an attorney for Pebble Beach Company. (laughs) So we don't have that in the federal government. You do have a varied experience. I do. I definitely do. Um, And so we would come together and really talk about the biggest issues facing the federal government. And it was important to also bring together the Chico Council, which was run out of OPM. But the Office of Executive Council sits within GSA, within the Office of Government-Wide Policy. So we could really pull from all the experts from OMB, from GSA, and then, of course, from the agencies to come together for pilot programs, to really implement the president's management agenda, and figure out a way forward for um, the federal government. I don't think you can understate how important it is to have that function 
bringing people together to collaborate and coordinate on management improvement initiatives or whatever emergencies emerge. I, I suspect right. economic crises, the That's pandemic, right. those are kinds of things where these functions are tailor-made to kick into high gear to figure out how to address some of these big challenges. That's right. And it's a central point, for example, if there were issues, finance issues um, with different areas of the, the world, we could easily come together and, and bring the agencies quickly um, together at the table. It's not just about that coordination piece, but it's also about the trust that comes from the constant and um, long interaction of both the career civil servants as well as the political appointees. So that when we do have an issue that needs collaboration across the government, there's already trust built. And I think that's why um, we're able to respond quickly as a government to these issues that pop up. Funniest interagency council story? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> there's got to be one. There's got to be one. I don't know if you can share it, but there's got to be one. <laughs> well, there's a lot. You know, we, we just had a lot of fun. And I, I really can't understate the folks who are listening today. To all 12 of them. <laughs> you know, how passionate people are about public service. So the funniest council meetings, uh, some of them were are quite uh, in the weeds. So I don't think fun really <laughs> is the top word, but it's the camaraderie afterwards. Um, it is the going to, you know, the exchange, the, the bar we used the to hang out. The hole in the wall near the White House for the listeners <laughs> who don't know that. And, you know, looking around the room and realizing, wow, we have all the CFOs here. And we have all of the CIOs and all the acquisition officers and all of those um, policy folks from the White House and just how much effort people people put into their jobs and into delivering services to the American people. Uh, we did have a lot of fun. I made sure of it. I don't want to do any job that's not fun. Uh, one of my first phone calls I received, though, when I got that job was from you. Really? <laughs> And is that the funny story? It's pretty funny. We talked about the dashboards. Oh, there you go. <laughs> from the Bush administration. A blast from the past. Those are in the dustbin. Yeah. But I, I think one of the first questions I asked was, how do we build trust? How do we build camaraderie so that we can solve the problems quickly? So on this, uh, what we call the banter episode, we generally talk about things that are happening around the federal government, uh, Washington, D.C., Anything you're tracking in particular that you want to raise? Well, most recently, I, I just left the federal government for this um, small business startup. But prior to um, joining Vetrix Group, I was serving as an SES, both in the Department of Transportation and at SSA. So, of course, what's on my mind is um, really wondering and hoping that the my, my former colleagues in the federal government, how they're doing with the bipartisan infrastructure law implementation um, as well as all of the new um, the laws with the Inflation Reduction Act and all the new funding that's coming in. Um, I worked at the CFO's office, so making sure that we are doing our very best and um, making sure that the spend and the grants are going, going out um, in an equitable way, in a way that we can make sure we're um, eliminating the risk. So really thinking about all my colleagues. Um, I know you're probably thinking about shutdown. I am, but before we get <laughs> to that, it's well, that time of year, it is Robert. That time of year, but before we get to that, I mean, I, you know, I note that the Department of Justice uh, just last week announced charges against a fraud ring that very well organized, massive defrauding of pandemic food relief of all things. Those programs you mentioned are going to be at the risk of the same thing. One of the big challenges state local governments will face, of course, is 
finding the people to implement the large infrastructure projects. From what I understand, those companies are tapped out and can't find the people to do the jobs they're currently doing. So these big projects get underway. It's going to be really, really hard to find the talent to build, rebuild the nation's crumbling infrastructure. So you also mentioned equity. And I I note the J40 initiative that the president's launched, which says that I think 40% of climate reduction investment has to benefit traditionally underserved communities. So I'll be interested to see how they do that. We don't have good data on how to allocate those fundings in the most equitable way. Um, so that seems to me like a first-step challenge that, that these jurisdictions will face. Absolutely. One of, the ways, one of the ways this really intersects with some of the other management agendas initiatives is around customer experience. So while we may not have the data, there's always a way to figure out if we are providing the best customer experience for those people who are applying for the grants, who are, um, who are there interacting with the federal government in an equitable way. So it, while we might not have the data, or you mentioned the folks uh, who will be hired uh, and the, the, the pool of workers, to actually execute some of these grants, um, we can make sure at least the interaction with the federal government is um, equitable and provides the, the, the best customer experience possible. You mentioned shutdown. I am tracking that pretty closely. That You're left with a point in time in which the government is having to get its procurement dollars out the door when there's a specter of a shutdown. And this is, you know, I'm very impressed with the Congress's ability to get the bipartisan infrastructure law, the Inflation Reduction Act enacted, Um, what they'll be able to do post-election, because we've also got the midterms coming up, will be very interesting to watch. That'll depend largely, I think, on who wins the majority in the House and the Senate. We're down to the wire a little over a week uh, before the end of the fiscal year. The Senate majority has promised Senator Manchin that permitting reform would be a part of the continuing resolution. But there seem to be objections on both the Democratic side and the Republican side to doing that. Democrats think it favors fossil fuel industries. Republicans don't think it goes far enough in loosening up some of the strictures placed on those firms. You've also got Ukraine funding, more pandemic funding, FDA reauthorization. All that's trying to get done on on this continuing resolution. It's going to be – I'm pretty confident it will get done, but that doesn't mean – Agencies won't be faced with having to prepare mm-hmm. for the eventuality that there's a shutdown. So you were in the thick of that when you were uh, at the CFO Council and at the uh, Office of Interagency Councils. So give us a little peek behind the curtain of what that was like. Sure. Well, my very first interaction with the government shutdown was when I was offered a job with the Office of Executive Councils. And I'll never forget um, our boss called. Well, and made an offer and said, um, and at, at five o'clock today, I think I have to leave and I'm not sure when I can call you again because there's going to be a shutdown. And so we did go out and we celebrated. I was so excited to join the federal government. Not, I'm, yeah, not the shutdown. You celebrated your new job. <laughs> right. I'm a public servant at heart. And then I sat there for a couple of weeks waiting for that phone call. And every now and again, I'd get a text message saying that, you know, we're, we're excited for you to join the team. Unfortunately, we are closed. <laughs> and we'll call you when we reopen. And it was over three weeks later. So for me, I had a direct impact at that very first shutdown. And it was pretty pronounced. You know, we had, we had I'd left a job and we had um, bills to pay and, and childcare to pay for. 
And um, as a military spouse, I was just really thrilled to, to join the federal government. Once I was in the federal government, um, I had the pleasure of working with all of the CFOs and the controller of the United States at OMB to really help the CFOs go through the next shutdown and the agencies be prepared. And so we spent a lot of time just talking uh, and supporting OMB and supporting all the agencies to be prepared for the next shutdown. I don't think at the time we thought it was going to happen or threatened to happen as much as it has. Um, but I think the agencies are ready. You're absolutely right. They have to spend time, effort, money, people to uh, work on the shutdown, but they're, they're ready. The CFOs are ready and prepared. The agencies have playbooks and they have processes and procedures now. Um, but yeah, we would have to hold calls to, to make sure that the agencies were ready. And now, Robert, I'll just mention that on the small business side, I'm even more concerned about the, the shutdown and how it's going to impact our ability to um, be paid for the contract work that we're doing. And how am I going to pay our um, employees if there is a shutdown? So I'm concerned this is my first time through a potential shutdown as a small business providing services to the government. Any I'm, advice? Yeah. Well, I don't think there'll be a shutdown, but I do think we'll come down to the wire. We may have a brief lapse in appropriations into the weekend, but... I don't think there'll be a shutdown. I think they'll actually get a bill signed. Advice beyond that, I'm not sure I know what to tell you. The That example, the example of you're not being able to start your job because of the shutdown, those are multiplied infinitesimally mm -hmm. um, when there's a shutdown. And so the, the waste that goes on as a result of these shenanigans is, is just a shame. So cross your fingers. I think <laughs> it'll happen but it'll be ugly. I'm really excited you're going to be with us um, for the next several episodes. We're going to have fun together. I hope so. I hope my interview went well. <laughs> you did great. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes.